Yes. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Though we technically already ended our first season, we couldn't leave you hanging without a spooky Halloween story. Duh. Plus, where I am, it's literally 85 degrees and not an orange leaf to be seen. So I'm straight up foaming at the mouth for all things fall and Halloween. Which is very unusual for me, but this is what happens when you move to a tropical climate, I guess. It's not unusual. We were the Blue Man Group for Halloween a few years ago. What do you guys think were our best Halloween costumes? Uh, Nancy and Tanya, for me. Oh, hell yeah. You and you were the Ferris Bueller girl. That was the year I went missing. Not really. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should do an episode on when Dana went missing. (laughs) Oh, my God. There was like a few years stretch of Halloween Years when we were like fucking crushing it. Yeah, when we were crying Taylor Swift and I was the Wicked Witch of Kanye West. Well, that one was deranged. But yeah, Sarah, you're definitely missing out on the fall flannel vibes, but not because it also snowed this week. So um, fall in Chicago kind of sucks too. But Dana, what are we talking about in this special bonus episode? Today we're covering the Amityville Horror. Uh, Yes, the Amityville Horror. You probably know it as a questionable 2005 horror movie remake starring Ryan Reynolds, but it's actually one of the most famous hauntings of all time with one of the most iconic houses. Uh, You know it, the Dutch colonial that has those upper windows that make it look like it would obviously be filled with demons and ghosts. But actually, I used to work on Long Island. I've actually driven by it. It's kind of chill and cute, but let's not forget, it's what happened inside that sparked a national horror sensation that we are still talking about today. Yes, the hauntings at Ocean Avenue are said to have started in the 70s. And the thing to know is that during the 70s, America was jerking to demons. This was around the time The Exorcist came out. Before this time, the devil was never really thought of that much. But thanks to things like, you know, the Vietnam War and Watergate, everyone was pretty bummed out and disillusioned. So people started making movies about ghosts stabbing people, as you do. So much so that the 70s are considered by many to be the best period in history for horror movies. So I got to know, what was going on in the chart at this time? Um, well, something that's interesting is that it's wild that the children of people who like literally maybe experienced the most devil person were like desperately needed to find the devil. And that has nothing to do with astrology. That's just my crazy opinion today. But <laughs> on December 24th, 1973, there was a solar eclipse in Capricorn. And so eclipses like generally impact society always. And Um, eclipses in Capricorn indicate a surge in conspiracy theories, untimely deaths, slander. They have to do with like, like bodies buried in the ground, not in a casket. Are we in an eclipse in Capricorn right now? Because I feel like conspiracy theories, untimely deaths. Through 20, through the summer, through July 4th. So yeah. we just covered it. So we just are coming out of this and now we're going into like the I mean, yeah, chart. those that's like the themes I feel like have been happening the past yeah. two years. It's wild. So we know what this is like. Um and so uh the eclipse occurred in the twelfth house, which is um paranoia about like prisoners, institutionalized people, occult matters, anything that's like underground or fringe society, just like things that are hidden, even monasteries. Um and Saturn is super prominent in this chart. It rules the eclipse and the ascendant. And then so like this is the two like biggest focal points and it covers society's oldest fears and like just general decay. Um and Saturn was in Cancer in the sixth house, so it's opposite Capricorn. And this is um 
this is going to like make people's emotions like more magnified and like they're going to be afraid of the past or like looking to the past and like everyone just feels super vulnerable and also um it has to do with general health so the sixth and the twelfth axis is mental and physical health the nodes of fate were in saturn and gemini and so usually eclipses have them in the same sign but this is because they were going to like backwards so this means that society is going from like structure to like being afraid of like religious conflict and beliefs and like religious intolerance and venus was also stationing retrograde that day or not that day but that week um in the first house which is shifting principles around art pleasure and values yeah and this was really that really signifies everything that was going on in the 70s during this time and so i mean at that time we have a few transits going on that would contribute to the infatuation and fear of demons and satan during this time there's also a Venus transit that's going to change the taste in pop culture, though it did end up selling a ton of books and movie tickets. There's quite a lot of debate as to whether the hauntings in Amityville were real or not. And that's honestly up to you on whether you believe in spooky shit. But regardless, it all began with a very real, very tragic murder of the entire DeFeo family, or I guess I should say almost the entire family. Right. Almost is key. So the DeFeos were a family of seven that lived on Long Island. There was a dad, Ronald Sr., also went by Big Ron, which like to me is so Long Island. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And then the mom, Louise. And then there were three sons and two daughters. Big Ron was a successful car salesman, and they lived a comfortable upper middle class life. Big Ron also was kind of a piece of shit. Um, He had mood swings, was very domineering, and he beat his wife and kids. Um, So not good. There also might have been some light mob associations, but Big Ron was this, in general, super intense presence in the home, and he brought a lot of negativity and anxiety. So let's learn a little bit more about him through his chart. Um, Well, first of all, light mob associations is just funny to me, but... (laughs) I mean, his um, name is Big Ron. <laughs> like, I so, the mob. Yeah. Light mob, so no um, biggie. Well, he had the sun in Scorpio and the moon in Libra. We don't have his birth time, so we don't know his ascendant. But um, something I wanted to share a fun fact with everyone. I know everyone thinks that Scorpios are really intense and we all kind of hate them and love them because we've all been dumped by one. But have you ever wondered why the glyph for Scorpio is an M with a tail? No. It's because it actually symbolizes intestines and an erect penis. What the fuck? Which it symbolizes gut instincts and like the urge to penetrate. So Scorpio don't act like they don't process through their mind. They process through like their gut instinct and then they Shit. purge. And this is why Scorpio is related to death psychology. Whoa. And that's deep. Yeah. They like penetrate you. So yeah. <laughs> I hate that. But I don't want to be. <laughs> All right. Puritans. Um, so the moon, <laughs> his moon in Libra, like probably made him come off like super tempered. Um, Libra is an accommodating placement, and like the moon is emotional reactions and what he needs to feel safe. And Libra is about balance and harmony. And so the sun and moon combo is pretty like well suited for laundering money through a car dealership. <laughs> um, and he also has Jupiter conjunct Pluto in Cancer. And Pluto is the urge to control and Jupiter magnifies that energy. And Cancer, since these are like generational or like slower moving planets, Cancer like changes society. When I first looked at his chart, I was like, oh, it's really weird that this guy known for beating his family had a Libra moon. But I guess when you think about it, it's like his like emotional stability fringes on balance. So, and if he has this other kind of placement like jupiter conjunct pluto and cancer like 
like I imagine him like whenever things are like off balance, like he reacts through like beatings to get it back in balance again. Yeah. Well, also Venus was also retrograde in his chart. So um, his like Libra moon kind of is like a little, it has to like answer to like a, a retrograde Libra, which isn't always easy anyway. Cause I think a lot of people will think like Libra's fairness and balance and like all this pretty shit. I was going to go on a diatribe about how like Libra, like you do know a Libra woman and a Libra man and tell me if they're the same. Yeah. Like men are just not of like, have not been evolved to like have the, the traits of a Libra like woman. So there's like just so feminine and like naturally like what women do like, Oh, I'll accommodate you. Like I want things to be okay. I, I, I would describe it as, or like a Libra woman is accommodating to the detriment of herself. And a Libra man is accommodating to the detriment of others. Yeah, that's exactly Ooh, it. Love that. Hell like yeah. for a woman, harmony is sacrifice. And for a man with this placement, it's not always, but like the harmony comes from like, I must I have to like lose something in order to instead yes. of like uh, anyway. He also has Jupiter conjunct Pluto and Cancer, and Pluto is the urge to control while Jupiter magnifies that energy. And Cancer filters his energy through the lens of protection and defensiveness, um, and then family. So ultimately, like this is a classic uh, wife beater or like a abusive trait, and like maybe he was abused, you know, it's like cycling and type that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Big Ron had Sun in Scorpio, which is obviously going to make him super intense. A moon in Libra, which shows that he's going to like and get emotional satisfaction from his possessions and relationship, which eh, sounds nice. But then you factor in that Jupiter-Pluto transit, which is going to make him super controlling, possibly to the point of violence with his own family. So the oldest DeFeo was a boy named Ronald DeFeo Jr., a.k.a. Butch. So, like, great nicknames all around. Um, And he had some issues, both emotionally and a lot stemming from his dad. Butch was a big target for his dad's abuse and also suffered from bullying at school, which, like, sad, which eventually caused him to lash out at people. The DeFeos took him to therapy, and that didn't really work, so they settled for, you know, that age-old thing that rich parents do where they just try to buy his good behavior. Unfortunately, that didn't work either. And Butch and I got super into drugs like LSD, Coke and heroin, which like, Yikes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so Butch obviously is like a little bit rough around the edges to say the least. So what was his chart like? Butch has a Libra sun, a Leo moon and a Capricorn rising. So the sun is our basic identity, who we strive to be. And Libra is a sign of balance and harmony in relationship with others. So his sense of self and purpose is directly related to the quality of his relationships. It's in the 10th house, which indicates like a need to be accepted by society and potentially a desire to be famous or achieve recognition. But in order for this to like ever come out healthy, like the person has to understand their motives. And the moon in Leo requires affection and validation to feel emotionally secure um, because it gives those things. It, it wants to give them and like receive them. And it's in this eighth house, which deals with shared resources and, and inheritances or like what is owed to you. Um, so it's like a really needy combo. Uh, but then he's a Capricorn rising, which is tends to be, I mean, we have a lease, our Capricorn rising, super pragmatic, resourceful expresses themselves in an emotionally detached way that's like very reasonable. Basically, he probably either doesn't feel comfortable or he feels ashamed about all these feelings and um, he's not getting it at home. Yeah, super sad. I mean, this does make me feel kind of bad for him, but his son made him really need acceptance, which he obviously wasn't getting. And his moon in Leo makes him crave attention which once again, not getting. And so even his pragmatic Capricorn rising like couldn't shield him from this emotional despair. Yeah. And knowing all of that, it's not 
too hard to see what's coming. So let's get into the action. One day around 6.30 p.m., Butch rolls into a local bar near his house and is like, yo, I think my parents have been shot. Want to go see? And for some reason, people in the bar are just like, yeah, I guess. So they all go with Butch to the house to see if his family really is dead. And sure enough, the entire DeFeo family has been murdered while laying face down in their beds. So they were on their stomachs. Yikes. Um, But the family was killed by a rifle around 3 a.m. earlier that day, which, as you know, actually, you might not know because I didn't know, um, is said to be the spooky hour since it's the opposite time from when Jesus was said to have died on the cross. So if you're thinking of a clock, it's the opposite time of that. And Wait, how you have know, you never known that? Never knew that. It's like every yeah. scary movie. I mean, is it a fact, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I mean, like, it's a, yeah, it's, it's lore. It's Common a well-known lore, lore. Yes. yes. Well, um, not, I left- well, not well enough, I guess, <laughs> all right? Yeah, if you ever wake up at three and smell burning one, like, check to see if there's a fire, but then also get out of your house anyway, because there's a demon. I can't smell, so I'm glad that that will protect me for one. <laughs> Dana would <laughs> die from the demon. Yeah. But yeah, so the entire family was killed while they were asleep, so we need to understand what was happening on the death date of the DeFeo family. All right. Not to be hysterical, but this is the most fucked up chart I've ever seen. <laughs> she, I mean, you said that in the least hysterical way. So, I mean, you, yeah, you just, you just went for it. Oh, the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars are all in Scorpio. So these are like Holy the five of the most basic human instinct. They're like the most personal planets. Um, and so they're all being filtered through this gut instinct and like an agenda to take control and like penetrate and Mars is like war and, you know, um, and so Scorpio, yeah, is ruled by Mars, which is exactly conjunct Butch's part of fortune at the time of the murder. And so the part of fortune is a sensitive point related to faded events beyond human control. So it's not that like this was beyond his control and like, you know, someone who doesn't have like the mental faculties, but it's kind of like his mental faculties should he have had them like you know maybe they went away it it, like indicates a complete loss of like self-control and so when i looked at his yeah no it's it's insane um and so his annual perfections um the activated houses were the fourth and the twelfth and the fourth is family parents and the twelfth is secrets self-destruction and mental health transiting jupiter was exactly conjunct his natal north node and the nords have to do with fate um and like eclipse energy. And so one more thing, this is just something that's purely symbolic and not a real technique, but symbolism is still interesting. And the part of spirit was in the 12th house uh, in Virgo, which could mean like souls trapped between worlds since it's like the area that's kind of like the secret place. And wait, what's part of spirit? Part of spirit has to do with like the principle of the sun, whereas like the moon is like, or the the part of fortune is like the, uh, the principle of the moon and the part of spirit is kind of like your soul and your like drive whoa like, yeah. that, that kind of energy that's crazy and like the fourth and twelfth house thing is getting me so much like sometimes i feel like we talk about astrology and then even then it surprises me because i feel like fourth house is home twelfth house obviously like maybe some psychological problems but definitely like twelfth house to me is very like ghost like kind of like weird shit otherworldly shit so that together oh, yeah, for, sure. for this is like insane yeah and also virgo's like purity so it's kind of like this like trapped sort of like weird purity and also 
so there were so many planets in Scorpio, it was kind of like it's opposite Taurus, which is the vocal cord. So since they were silent, face down. Whoa. Right. Right. I mean, this is going to be some Sag moon energy. I think a lot of people get really excited when they have a stellium because they think it makes them special. But when you have five planets in a th- in one sign, it it's a murder. I have four. Oh, I have six. I have six. What are you trying to say? You're a Capricorn. I don't feel special. I feel incredibly restricted. (laughs) Everyone needs more of this energy. (laughs) Really? Oh, like there's just a lot going on here. It's just like a ton of planets are in Scorpio, which is like deep, intense emotions that are like truly gut instincts. We also have Mars, which is aggression and war interacting with a sensitive point in Butch's chart which is not only going to activate all that intensity even more, but do so in a way that's to a point where he could completely lose control. And during this time, there are a lot of happenings in houses dealing with his family, who died, and his mental health, which he was clearly struggling with. So in the midst of all of this, one of Butch's friends who happened to go to the house to check on the family was like, um, this is fucked up, which like to me, if somebody was like, want to see a dead body? Like, no. But like he really went for it. But luckily for him, he went for it, saw it and then called the police. Um, So after he did that, Butch was then taken into custody and eventually confessed to the murder. Murder to me, I always think Mars. So his Mars and Scorpio would death be the culprit, especially with like all the other stuff that was going on. And it was like really deep seated, like aggro emotions. Um, And Butch, after he confessed, was later sentenced to 25 years to life. And had multiple consecutive sentences to serve. So he'll basically be in jail forever. Um, Since then, um, and since he's been in jail, his story about what happened has changed several times throughout the years. But at one point, he claimed he was possessed by a demon and he saw a shadow person give him a gun. Did that happen? I'm not sure. But his 12th house, which rules the unseen, other realms that was activated which could mean that he could have seen something maybe it was through a psychological break um but heroin or coke yes i mean when you do a ton of acid like who knows what the fuck you'll see so like who really can say right and whether or not butch was possessed by a demon no one can really prove but there are a lot of suspicious happenings about the murder of his family that aren't so easy to explain for instance Police said there was no indication that the murder weapon, which was a rifle, had a silencer on it. And a silencer is a thing you put on a gun to muffle the sound. And so the sound of a rifle going off is super loud. This was not like a rural neighborhood. Like the neighbors were right there. Um, So the sound of a rifle should have raised some alarm bells to not only the neighbors, but the family. But the entire family was found dead on their stomachs with no signs of struggle or that they were drugged. So you would think that hearing a super loud would wake you up, but no one did. And no neighbors reported hearing any shots. They said they only heard the sound of the DeFeo's dog barking. Which is, to me, super weird. Like, a gun in general is loud. Like, a fucking rifle is, like, so, so loud. So just with all that in mind, this is kind of where, like, the whole, like, woo-woo nature of the story begins. Um, Just because sudden and tragic deaths like this are a prime attraction for residual hauntings. We also have that like point of spirit situation happening that Dana brought up. So that's some like 12th house shit. So already I feel like there's a lot of like things activated. And this 
was like prime for ghosts, basically. Right. And residual hauntings are when something traumatic happens and a ton of negative energy goes into the atmosphere and the atmosphere sort of records the events. So you may see a ghost or hear something happening, but it's kind of just imprinted on the area where and when it happened. And the event and sounds simply play out again and again. It's so fucking creepy. Yeah, it's like basically it's just replaying what happened. Um, But then on the other hand, there's also a chance that a demon is involved, which like, LOL to say it out loud, like a demon could be involved. (laughs) Um, And that's like a whole different situation. Yeah, I mean, Scorpios, I mean, are the demons, right? Like, (laughs) Like all the memes that you see are basically making Scorpios demons. So Scorpios are the human version of demons. And I mean, it's a cultural construct, right? But, you know, don't fuck with a Scorpio. Honestly, I love Scorpios. I'm kind of jealous because they're similar to Geminis, but they they know how to shut up. <laughs> Demons are evil spirits that were never human. They're set, like, which is different from a ghost. And they're said to originate from hell and their aim is to make you miserable. Their ultimate goal is to possess you and make you do awful things. So pretty chill. Yeah, that absolutely terrifies me but this story doesn't end with butch and his possible demon friend things continue to get weird at this house with the arrival of the lutz family so this is family number two george lutz who's the dad and his family moved in to the amityville house 13 months after the killings which like 13 months is like no time. And it's also worth noting that the same furniture, which to me is like so fucking weird. The same furniture was still in the house. Like I think everything was there minus the mattresses for like obvious reasons. Um, So what is the chart like for this type of maniac that just like loves a good house deal? Can you imagine if that was like tweeted in today's day and age, like someone bought a house with like, we're dead people. I don't know. I can't handle it. Okay. So he was last sold in 2016. People are still buying that house. Did they get rid of the furniture is what I'm almost I'm more sure they about. did. To be comfortable <laughs> with like, oh, I'll just have all these things where like a family lived and where they were shot and no one heard them. Um, so we don't have George's birth time. Um, so there's no ascendant, but he has his sun conjunct Mars and Capricorn and a moon and Aries, which I think makes him the like human personification of can't tell me nothing by Kanye West. And also very thrifty. <laughs> um, he has Venus and Jupiter and Scorpio, which means he's like actually maybe more comfortable in CD environments because Jupiter and uh, Venus conjunct are just like, it's like kind of like the pleasure principle. and like, just like really excited to do stuff. But then in Scorpio, it's like maybe really likely to run like an underground poker ring or like just be like excited for like darkness and like the wet environment. Um, that kind of, it comes with all that, you know, the wet environment of a poker ring. A lot of people said he was into the occult. So it could have been occult stuff too. Oh yeah. You had to be a little bit like, this was not just like a thrifty man. Like you, you were like attracted to the darkness there, but George Lutz, Capricorn means he wants success. Aries moon, which means he's going to be pretty impatient, have a lot of strong desires. Venus and Jupiter and Scorpio means he's probably more than a little shady. And it was Long Island after all. That place yes. is weird. Can so, confirm. I feel like I could live there. <laughs> I feel no. like you would thrive in Long Island. And I've never been there. <laughs> Long Island medium. The Long Island astrologer. Oh, hell yeah. So George and his family move in to this house. And immediately shit starts getting weird. Their dog number one tries to hang itself. Which is never a good sign. And if you're like, wondering. How does that even yeah, happen? Ooh, tied the noose. No, it was like they described it as something weird. Like basically the dog was like 
on a leash tied to a tree but then he kept trying to jump over the fence so then his like leash would get stuck over the fence and he would like hang over the fence but he didn't die he just like tried to die i Um, mean dogs see ghosts and demons like all the time dogs know when there's a ghost or demon and they want to get the fuck out yes a hundred percent so this dog knew from like second two that shit was not right um so the let's see this and they're like, we need to call a priest. So this priest comes and starts blessing rooms as a priest does. And if you don't know, that's like a Christian Catholic thing. Like you throw holy water and say prayers. Um, and while he's doing that, he hears this like very deep male voice telling him to get out. Um, and after he left, he allegedly also later got boils on his hands and stigmata, which is like piercings through your hands that are supposed to symbolize like the crucifixion of Christ. It's like also like a lot of like weird vibes with that. Um, and after that, things just kept escalating. George Lutz kind of goes off the deep end and gets obsessed with tending the fire in the house. So he's always chopping wood and weird things start happening at night. Like George would wake up all the time at 3 a.m. If this happened to Elise, she wouldn't even know what was happening. So I feel like she would be like unbothered. (laughs) And then in addition to that, all the kids started sleeping on their stomachs. Which remember, that's the way the DeFeos were sleeping when they were murdered. And 3 a.m. was the time that the family was killed So this is kind of crazy. Dana, what's the breakdown? Okay, so the murder coincided with George Lutz's nodal opposition. So again, I'm going back to the murder chart and seeing um, what was happening for George then. And so the nodal opposition is like really, um, it's just like, okay, so this means that like the north, the transiting north node is conjunct your natal south node and vice versa. And so it's kind of like wormhole energy. How I just spoke about it is kind of what it feels like. (laughs) And, um, it's almost like similar, it's not an eclipse, but like, it's just kind of this, like, it's impossible to predict what will happen. And it's pretty much always life-changing. And like, it's not going to always be like mystical or like, you know, you're not, your child might not like start sleeping like a demon or like a dead child, but like, it's just like, it will change you. Yeah. And also it was the beginning of his Saturn return. So it's just kind of like, it's the, you know, it's a time for him. Okay. So also Neptune was conjunct his North node, which is like mystical experiences, um, and maybe questionable judgment, Um, And Pluto was conjunct his Neptune in Libra, which indicates a loss of control. Like Pluto changes or corrupts the way he experiences his own Neptune. So it just kind of is this energy of like, he thinks he's in control. He probably thinks like, I mean, a Scorpio Venus Jupiter probably thinks, oh wait, like I, what they're like, I am the demon. I moved in here. Um, (laughs) And then he's like, holy shit, that this is real. Or, Or I'm just having a psychotic break because I'm like sleeping on dead people's furniture. And there's just like maybe also a potential for increased lying. So it could just be that too. Yeah. For George, there was a lot of energy that was going to be life-changing for him. So that Neptune transit happening was really going to lean into all things mystical, whether he could figure it out or not. Yeah, I definitely think like all things mystical is definitely something to keep in mind here because at this time, the weird shit just keeps happening. The family reported allegedly smelling weird smells. Sometimes it was sweet perfume and other times it was something rotting. Their crucifix would also randomly be found hanging upside down, which like if I saw that, I would move out of my house immediately. Um, And they reported also having like all their cabinets randomly opening and slamming shut. Doors would rip off their hinges. 
slime, which weird to me, but like, yeah, there was like slime coming from the ceilings and door keyholes that would just like leak out. And there were like tons of swarms of flies everywhere. I mean, aren't flies like demonic or the plague in the, in the Bible? Yeah, I mean, one of the demons is the Lord of the Flies, basically. Uh, oh, swarms of flies. That. So swarms of flies are never, ever a good sign. But there were there was also some sort of like demonic pig with red glowing <laughs> eyes. Like, what was that about? Like, did they really see the pig in person? I don't know. And then George's wife, Louise, was even seen levitating. Yeah. Like, from dog hanging, I would have gotten the fuck out of there. But like, at this point, honestly, like, Pack up your shit. So eventually they did. Things got to be too much and they fled during the night, leaving all of their possessions. And at this point, that's when Ed and Lorraine Warren, OGs of just demonic crime fighting, came onto the scene to cleanse the house and see what was up. Yeah, the the OG Long Island mediums. Hell yeah. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were a husband and wife pair of paranormal investigators that were known for cases that inspired tons of horror movies like The Conjuring, Annabelle, and obviously the Amityville Horror. Dude, The Conjuring scared me so much. Like, it took me four hours to watch because I had to pause it every few seconds. I slept in my mom's bed after I saw it for the first time, and I was 23 years old. <laughs> oh my God. But Ed was a self-taught demonologist, which is someone that studies demons, and Lorraine was a clairvoyant and medium. This is quite the interesting twosome, so I would love to know what their charts are like. They have similar themes here. So Ed and Lorraine Warren both have Neptune and Leo, um, and so Neptune's escapism and idealism, and Leo is a sign of the self. Um, and Neptune also could like, it's kind of like beer goggles, um, which could either be good because like you're able to be altruistic or you're like, you know, doing LSD, um, in a way that is functional for you. And so Ed's sun, moon and Mercury are in Virgo. And so is Lorraine's ascendant. And Virgo is a sign of service and analysis. And it's ruled by Mercury, uh, which is the planet of communication. And so Virgo's downfall is perfectionism or being like too critical, uh, or like, you know, being like analytical to the point of being critical um but neptune in leo obscures a sense of self which like reduces the need to be perfect this to me is very interesting for them given their backgrounds and their jobs and what they were famous for because both of them identify with weird shit because of that neptune and leo and then lorraine is a virgo rising which to me means like she probably has this drive and really does want to help people, but then at the same time could have also been insane. So like, bless her soul, RIP. Yeah, well, okay. So it's especially prominent for Lorraine because since Neptune's in her 12th house, this is like, uh, this placement is classically associated with psychic experiences. I mean, you know, uh, Neptune dissolves the ego and makes it possible to like access the divine or whatever the demon version of the divine is. Um, But yeah, it's that good old psychic 12th house. Good yeah. old psychic twelfth. <laughs> yep. Good old psychic twelfth. And I honestly think I don't know. I don't know if you guys knew Lorraine Warren. Um, I watched like a bunch of like weird ghost shows with her in college, but I really get the vibe that like she honestly could have had some psychic shit going on for her, and that's kind of for me reaffirmed with that Neptune in her twelfth house, which like once again that house rules like the other realm, the unseen. Um, so 
possibly with that gift, the her and her husband show up with a TV crew at the Amityville house because like, why not make this a cleansing of demons and a press opportunity? So immediately after getting into the house, Lorraine was like, uh, what? And she claimed that when she walked up the stairs, she felt this like super intense pressure on her chest. And that almost felt like she said, like, imagine like a waterfall, like beating down on you. So this like very intense pressure and that made her super freaked out. So they investigated a bit and snapped some more pics. And one of which developed to show a child with glowing eyes, which is like really weird. It's super fucking creepy. They said like no kids were there, which like, were they, were they not? I'm not sure. But after their investigation, they determined the land had curses on it. And that's like the reason why all of this was happening. And even years later, even like as she died a few years ago, even until her death, she always said that the Amityville house was one of the cases that haunted her the most and that the demonic spirits even followed them across the country. So they were like tied to them in some way. Which I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But though Lorraine claimed that the house's negative history was a magnet for evil spirits, many people say you should take that with a grain of salt, especially because the Warrens don't have, like, the most stellar reputation. Some people think they were making a lot of the stuff up, and they were not using scientific methods, which, like, is a little bit unfair because, like, is de- like is sussing out demons a scientific <laughs> method? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Some things are you can't see. You just have to, like, believe. So. Yep. Regardless of whether they were making it up or not, the Amityville Horror is one of the most infamous murders and hauntings in American history, at the very least Long Island history, but it's still like a very good spooky story for Halloween. It absolutely is. And uh, with that, we'll be back in a few weeks with season two. So start getting excited, um, manifest some good shit, for everyone the next couple of weeks we know we'll all need it yeah yes. i bet we could save the world you guys just kidding but please leave us a five-star <laughs> review and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you listen to and maybe like our memes even yes we like our memes appreciate you um and also follow us at allegedly astrology on instagram for those memes and reddit and at allegedly astro on twitter bye, bye. bye.